Welcome to Step Zero, where we learn about the people behind the amazing work that we see. How do they push through Step Zero and launch their passion projects? Felicia is extremely multi-talented. She's a director specializing in horror theater and musicals, the front person of the Brooklyn punk band Quam, and she's a YouTuber. She's got so many talents under her belt. How exactly does she do it all? Let's find out. Thank you for joining me, Felicia. Nice to meet you too. Yeah, and I heard about your story. You're a musician, you're a director, theater director,、mm-hmm. and you do YouTube and coaching. And I think it's amazing that you're doing all these different things that you're so passionate about. And yeah, I would love to hear how you even got started on that. And、sure. Yeah, maybe you can start by just sharing、Tell、a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Yeah.、Um, yeah. So the thing I've been doing the longest is definitely theater.、Um, I started when I was like ten, performing、um, in musicals and plays and such.、Um, I grew up in Maryland, and there was a really good community theater scene there. So I was always performing in plays.、Um, and then I got to college. I went to NYU. The first year, I was like, "Is there anything I like besides theater?"、Um, and so I did like a, I think I was like an intended history major or something my freshman year, and then I was just so horribly unhappy, <laughs>、um, and I missed performing and I missed you know the scene and the feeling of of theater and all these things. And so I like had a you know dramatic phone call with my parents to switch majors, and then and then I auditioned and got into Tisch, and so that's. I continued my theater journey, <laughs> and then towards the end of college is when I started getting into directing, and I just found that it was really fun for me and good for my skill set, and wasn't like the original goal. Like I guess when I was obviously when I was a kid, I was like, I want to be on Broadway or whatever.、Mm-hmm. And then I was, I guess, more interested in like telling stories, and as a director, I felt like I had the kind of creative control I wanted to have over like the stories I was telling. So that's sort of how I got into theater stuff, and then. Probably a year or two out of school, I really missed performing.、Uh, I missed being on stage. It's like a very like you get like an itch, it's like a bug to like be in front of people and have that like audience back and forth. It's like a very specific relationship that you like really miss. And、um, so my friend and I decided to start a band. And I've never been in a band,、uh, so I had no idea how to do that.、Um, my brothers had both been in bands when I was growing up, but I, it just never happened for me. And so, me and my friend, who had also never been in a band, were like, "Okay, well, let's just go meet up at、uh, a practice space."、Um, the one we went to is called the Sweat Shop、um, in Brooklyn, and we just started like writing really dumb punk songs about like food and love and whatever. <laughs> That was supposed to be like this. Always happens to me where I get really excited about a project, and I'm like, "This is gonna be like my whatever thing. This is just a hobby. Like, it's just gonna be like for fun." And then all of a sudden, I get really intense about it, and then it's like very serious, and I'm like <laughs> doing it full throttle.、Uh, so that's sort of what happened to the band, I think. And so now the band has been together for like two and a half years, and we're playing Warp Tour this Saturday. I know. I love. Oh <laughs>、yeah. my gosh, Warp Tour. Oh、yeah. my god, those are my days too. Right? <laughs>、yes. Oh my god, I was.、Yes. Such a like scene kid, yeah, and like middle school too. Like、yeah. I wasn't even like in high school yet. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are like the first festival. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. My brother took me to Warp Tour. I was like fourteen, I think, 
And I, I, I don't even know what band it was, but I crowd surfed to some random band I'd never heard of. And it was like, this is now my life. Uh, it was very, very exciting for me. Uh, very formative experience. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of, yeah. And then I guess once I got performing again, like that was sort of feeding a different creative thing that I really needed that I wasn't getting from theater anymore. Because it's like, I sort of switched what I was doing in theater. Yeah, so that's sort of like the two big main mm-hmm. journeys. Mm-hmm. The YouTube just happened. I just am very hyper and have a lot of energy. And <laughs> I don't know. I just do a lot of stuff, I guess. But I watch YouTube probably more than I watch, like, TV. I don't know why. I love watching just, like, uh-huh. other people live their lives and talk about whatever. Like, like uh-huh. all kinds of YouTubers. Like, I love makeup YouTubers. I love, like, watching, like, declutter videos. I love, like, anything. It's uh-huh. so weird. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of want to do this. And so I started, like, try testing it out, like, this year. It was fun. And then just in the last, like, month or so, I sort of, like, specialized in what I'm doing. So I'm doing mostly like, horror movie reviews. And also my theater is mostly, like, horror-related, too. Mm-hmm. I've always sort of had, like, spooky, spooky. And most of all the work that I do tends to have something spooky um, aligned with it. But yeah, so that's sort of the general story, (laughs) I guess, of my life. Amazing. Going back, because this podcast is called Step Zero. It's kind of like really figuring out just the true beginnings. Mm -hmm. And I would assume there's a lot of struggles in just committing to wanting to do theater. Like you were going through history and into theater. And I'm sure you probably got this. Like, oh, you want to be a starving artist. Yeah, yeah. um, People are just saying you should get better major. How were you able to deal with that and really say, you know, I miss performing, I miss Mm -hmm. theater, and this is what I'm going to do? I think in some ways, I'm grateful for the the house I grew up in. My parents were always very supportive of my theater stuff. I think in some ways, my parents sort of hoped, it, it was, it's unclear. It's like, they obviously want you to be happy, but they also want to make sure that you can take care of yourself and have a living mm-hmm. and blah, blah, and you're not going to be struggling and all that. And I'm trying to think what the like full decision was. I just know like my freshman year of college, I was just like so sad. <laughs> and I'm like a pretty generally perky person, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just really sad and like, I was doing fine in school, but I didn't care about a single class I was taking. When I broke it down, my dad's like a logical businessman. And so I sort of had like a list of reasons why I should switch into Tish. And the biggest reason on that was just I work really, really hard uh, whatever I'm doing. And if I'm not working hard at it, it's probably because I don't like it very much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just that kind of person. I can either work really hard and be really happy or I can have a okay, boring existence and be sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my dad was just like, all right, well, audition. And if you get in, switch. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, I better get in. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, and, and I think it's like, there was a lot of fear. I remember like when I was coming out of high school, I didn't even want to audition for programs, for like musical theater programs, because I was scared I wasn't going to get in. And in my town of Frederick, Maryland, like I was the lead in all the shows and like everyone expected me to like go do that thing. And then I was always like, oh, well, I'm good for this town that I live in. But, like, I didn't feel like I was good enough to perform in New York. That seemed like a crazy thing to me. I sort of lied to my parents and was just like, I don't want to audition. I want to try something else. Like, blah, blah, blah. Just be- it was literally just because I was too scared um, mm-hmm. of not getting in. Then I sort of had a year to realize, like, what my life was without 
art and without creativity and without all that stuff. And it was not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my friend said this brilliant thing to me recently. It was actually, it was like in the fall when I was like going to quit a certain job. And he was like, the fear of quitting the job is far less than the fear of waking up in 10 years and still being at that job. Mm-hmm. It's like figuring out which fear is like worth sitting with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so like for me, like my whole life, like I've never wanted to have a desk job. I've always wanted to have a very active physical job where I was like physically creating things with my body, with my hands, like whatever. And so for me, it was like the idea of every day is the same sort of desk job existence, which there's nothing wrong with it. Like my dad, he's a banker and he loves his job more than anything. And he's incredibly happy. But for me, like the fear of that is so much greater than the fear of not being good enough for whatever. Whatever Um, you enjoy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So I'd much rather be doing the work I enjoy than and risk failing. But yeah, that sort of And joining a band, how did that happen? And do you sing? Do you play instruments? Yeah. You're like, I've never done this before. It must also be scary trying to start something that you don't really know much about or have done before. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, when I was growing up, I was like always writing songs. So I've always always been a trained singer my whole life from musical theater, whatever. I've always done that. And then when I was a kid, I was always like writing songs in my room, just very angry, angsty, whatever. But I've never really played an instrument well enough to accompany myself. (laughs) (laughs) And so the guy that's in my band, his name's Matt, he is also like a sound designer. So I had hired him to work on this theater thing I was doing. I had posted on Twitter one day, I was just like, who wants to start a punk band? Because I was just like feeling kind of (laughs) bored and like I knew I wanted to perform and that just seemed like a fun way to get on stage without the preciousness. There's like the New York theater scene is like, you can't really do theater as a hobby here. (laughs) It's like intense. I was wondering like, why didn't you go into acting and theater like what you did in high school? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's sort of this thing where in New York, it's, if you're trying to be an actor, you're like trying to be an actor. And like that is gonna be your life versus I love directing theater and I probably would even like to perform in theater again at some point. But the performing aspect of theater for me is very fun, but it's not the thing that's like driving me forward. But in New York, you can't really do it as a hobby because there's so many people that are doing it as a career and it takes up a lot of like time and energy. So if it's like that's not your passion, like you should definitely figure out what your passion is and do that. So it's not that I would never perform in theater again. Like, I actually am interested in it. But it's not the thing that's driving me to get up every day. Mm-hmm. And, like, but it's work. the telling stories and directing. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I think okay. so. But anyways, yeah. So I posted on Twitter, who wants to start a punk band? And this guy, Matt, was like, you know, I play, like, all the punk instruments. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> uh, all right, well, I guess let's hang out and we'll figure it out. And like I said, like, that was really supposed to just be, like, a fun hobby for us to do. But he came to New York to do music, right? And so he was like, this is the thing. And I was like, all right. And I was like, I'm getting on board and let's let's do it, I guess. Um, it took us a while. We went through a few drummers and over the couple years. And we finally now have like our forever lineup, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a really good group of people that we're all like, have good vibes and write fun music together and enjoy each other and enjoy performing together and it's very good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how do you manage the time between being a musician and being a director uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of hard 
But I just have to plan really far in advance. And I sort of have to plan when I'm going to focus on certain parts of my life. It depends on what I have going on. So like, for example, this month, like I had a couple of like theater workshops for shows that I'm attached to for the future um, that I'm directing. And then also my band's trying to write for our next album. Those two things are both time consuming. So it's sort of figuring out like how to give each thing the attention it needs and deserves and making sure it's still fun. Cause like, if it's not fun, why are you doing all these things? <laughs> why do you mm-hmm. want to live this life unless mm-hmm. it's really fun? I'm a really big to-do list person. And so I'm just like today I'm like doing all this qualm stuff and then I'm doing all these theater emails and then I have rehearsal and I'm just trying to like section it out within projects and just try to do a bit of each as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. So every time you say, I want to do something that's fun for me, I would imagine some people, they still struggle with that definition. It's like, okay, at what point is something just fun, a hobby, or mm-hmm. something that I can actually pursue? How did you figure that out for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think we live in like a particularly exciting time where you can basically have a job doing anything. <laughs> there is money in all kinds, even like podcasting, people make a full living off podcasting, uh, or YouTube, or people get paid off posting on Instagram. Like you can get, there are so many types of jobs now that didn't exist even like five, 10 years ago. Um, and it's like, okay, well, what's the thing that I really, really love? Um, and by, by when I say fun, I think I mean like the thing that energizes you the most. Like if I'm in rehearsal, like I am on my feet and I, what's, what's that thing they say? It's like, if you forget to like eat and sleep, you're like working on a thing and you like haven't taken a break and like you forgot it, you were hungry and you're not even tired. Mm-hmm. And then like you stop and you're like, whoa, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, that yeah. feeling of if you can focus on something that intensely and it's like energized, like just the thing is energizing you. That's like passion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's like finding the things that really, really energize you. And like, and fun doesn't even mean you're always like smiling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure you worked so hard on this. Yeah. I guess sometimes it's really that, hard but... and it sucks mm-hmm. a lot. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's like the things that are hard, you like know that the reason you're doing them. So when you come out on the other side, this amazing thing that you've worked so hard on is going to like blossom if you will if you want to be like cheesy about it but yeah like we're putting all these work all this work into these new songs because we want to put out an album because we want to tour because we want to like do all these things the work is hard but the work is also easy because you want to be doing it mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. it's yeah. worth facing all those hard problems and yeah what are some of those problems what are some, <laughs> what is some of that the hard work you're putting in that we don't see uh, which which <laughs> we do theater first. Sure. Um. So for theater, I would say theater in in a contrast to the other things I do is definitely the most um, time consuming because it's like long rehearsal periods, right? Usually it's like a month of rehearsal period for a production or two weeks for a workshop or whatever it is. Um. And so it's a lot of hours, and then it's also a lot of hours in prep as the director, and then you also. It's a lot of hours talking to each designer, prep for their thing, because you're sort of, the director is sort of the person that's like orchestrating all the other parts to come together at the end. You're talking to the actors, you're talking to all the designers, the stage manager, the writer, and you're sort of making sure that all of these people's art creates one cohesive story um, Mm -hmm. and that it all works together in an exciting way and that they're all happy (laughs) (laughs) and not having a terrible time. You have to be sort of everyone's confidant. You have to sort of be everyone's um, collaborator and 
all this stuff. And it, I mean, and that's what I love about it, honestly. It's a lot of time. Um, and at the point in my career that I am now, it's not a lot of money. And so you're putting out a lot of investment and time into projects that you're getting a lot of artistic fulfillment from, but you're not necessarily got, getting a lot of money from. And plenty of people make money doing theater. Everyone says, like, you can't make money doing theater, but that's not true. Plenty of people, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in New York especially, do not have a day job and just do theater. It just depends on where you are in your career. And it's also a tricky thing because theater people are paid by project, and so there are times when you're not being paid, and then you are being paid, and then you're not being paid. But yeah, and so I think that's probably the hardest thing about that one is just the amount of effort you put out for the lack of money that comes in. Uh Um, Uh And so you have to balance the rest of your life and ways to make money to keep yourself able to put that time in. Um, What were the ways that you had to do that, had to make money? Like, was that why you went to music or did you take on part-time jobs? Yeah, I mean, for a long time I worked at a rehearsal studio space uh, called The Alchemical which was a pretty flexible sort of job. And then I worked, I I had a long-term temp gig for a while that was like a Monday through Friday, like receptionist temp gig. But that was too much. It was like a lot. It was, it was very, it it was just, it was very much the thing that I was fearing my life to become. Uh, (laughs) And I was like, I know this is temporary, but it feels very present and permanent right now. Um, So I left that. And so now I'm doing more like sporadic temping where it's like a few days here and a few days here. Because in general, like, for most projects now, I'm not really working for free anymore. So it's like I am getting something, balancing all those numbers together to make it all work. And that's where, like, the coaching comes into. But, yeah, I, I went to school to become a life coach. And so I have some clients that I'm working with. Money comes from many different avenues, which is a very different kind of existence than having, like, a normal job with a salary and benefits and all that. But it also can certainly work. As those things get better, the money gets better. As your career moves forward, the money gets better. And then you can sort of not have to do, like, the temping as much anymore and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Is that where you hope you want to be? Yeah, I think, like, my goal right now is to just not have a day job and just have my creative projects fully funding my life Mm -hmm. so I can Mm -hmm. just do those. And that's the goal for most artists. Yeah. It's very possible. People do it all the time. I know people that do it, and that's those people are inspiration to me. If they can do it, you can too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and I think that's you have to really like keep that positive mindset because it's really easy in New York to become very bitter and negative and all that stuff. And so you have to just sort of it's all coming to me. I don't know how or when it's all coming to me. If you just keep grinding and working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was there a point in time where you felt like quitting and just giving up this type of life? Yeah, I think when I was transitioning from being an actor to a director that was sort of a hard time for me because I just had this thing I had been doing for since I was 10 so many many years everyone in my life knew me as a musical theater performer that's what I do when I decided I was going to transition to being a director before I actually had made that decision I was like I don't think I want to be an actor anymore so what does that mean does that mean that my creative life is over does that mean I don't want to be an artist anymore does that mean I'm not an artist all this stuff. And then when I sort of found directing towards the end of school, I was like, oh, I think those scary in-between thoughts were like leading me over here to this thing that is fulfilling and feels right. What about acting didn't give you that feeling? I don't know how to describe it. It was just this thing that it sort of stopped being as fun. And I felt like I was auditioning for a lot of plays I didn't actually want to be in. 
there's this thing if you like ask any acting student not to generalize but if you're like what kind of work do you want to do they'll they just say anything mm, yeah any work which yeah. is not true <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and it's and it's hard to get specific about the kind of work that you want to do but I felt like all the work that I was being seen for or I was like being called on for like voiceovers and things like that that was just like this isn't really art to me this is just I understand that like it's important to be a working actor if that's what you're doing but like it didn't feel fun to me and it didn't feel like how it felt when I was growing up and then directing sort of helped me feel the creativity again and the feeling of let's do a wild and crazy project I never work on like a kitchen sink drama most of my shows are like crazy wild musicals or like dark scary spooky things or whatever (laughs) and like that stuff that like I wouldn't necessarily got to like be in very often but now like it's all I do and that's fun like I'm only doing the kind of work that I'm interested in and as an actor, sometimes I feel like it's harder. You have, you'd have to go further between jobs to get that because it's just hard to be a working actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, and like like I said, like it doesn't mean like I'll never act in a show again. Right. Like I de- even like this year, maybe I'll do a play. I don't know. <laughs> um, if <laughs> but it like you just comes don't up, want that to be your full time career. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right anymore. And especially, there's something about in the last couple years as I've been performing as me in my bands, um, and not, like, my stage character is just sort of like a heightened version of myself, really. (laughs) Um, Just sort of like a wilder, more aggressive version of myself. Performing in that way has been more fulfilling than I've ever had, like, singing someone else's songs. I'm still, like, sort of doing a character, but it's my character, and it's, like, things I've created, and songs I wrote, and, like stories I'm telling on stage and these things and that that aspect of performing has been really really fulfilling and exciting to me in ways that I didn't necessarily get as an actor um and then everyone's different you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but and how do you find directing was it taking your class or um it was actually it was a um a final project my last year of acting school we had to do like 20 to 30 minute pieces of a play that you had to star in, direct, design, etc. Um, and like, you know, very DIY, but like that's that was sort of the basic idea. That was so that was the first thing I ever directed and it felt so fun and it was like the most creative I had been since I got to college. And, and I sort of found myself directing it more than I was actually in it. Like I was in it, but like I was more concerned about the directing of it than the acting of it. And I was like, that's interesting. Um, And then my teacher sort of, she saw that, she saw that. (laughs) Um, And she, what I did with the play, and she sort of encouraged my directing and thought I should go towards that. And and when I started doing it, I was like, it was so funny because I was like so scared I would never get work as an actor. And as soon as I became a director, like I've, not to, this is going to sound like bragging, but it's, it's not meant to be. Like, I've never gotten a job I applied for. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, the, my gigs just, like, come to me. Uh-huh. And People see your work and your talent, and they yeah. come and talk to you. And yeah. You yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, they, and people ask me to do their stuff. And so, and in a way that, as an actor, I was, like, so terrified I would never work. And, like, now it's, like, I'm, like, turning down gigs, uh, which mm-hmm. is cool. And not cool because, like, 
technically I probably could do them, but it's like I'm trying to be specific about the mm-hmm. work I do. And knowing you have a choice instead of I'll take anything. Exactly, and knowing I have a choice. And, and right out of school, like, I do think it's important to, like, work as much as you can so you can learn as quickly as possible. And I did that. Like, I right out of school, I did so much PA work and, like, assistant stage management and, like, just random jobs just to get in the room and see what was going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, like, my first job out of college was um, – I was an ASM on this show called House of On Macrame, and it was like a very bloody musical. And so my job every night was basically to clean up the blood at the end of the night. And so it was like me just like at like one in the morning in Bushwick, wiping up just like buckets and buckets of blood with like shamwows and paper towels. Um, and I'd go home with like stained hands back to my dorm. Uh, and it was, uh, it was a lot, but it was really, really fun. And that show, I mean, like I, I love that show and I think it was an amazing experience. And it also sort of, it's funny because a lot of my work actually ends up being quite like that show, sort of bloody and funny. <laughs> um, and then I so I just did a bunch of like random gigs as the directing work started to like roll in, and as I started to become, people started to think of me as a director first, besides instead of an actor. Um, and that sort of identity transition um, definitely helps me get more work. And everything's like branding, right? So everything's like. Uh, someone one of my teachers once says like you want to be like the you want to be the person the go-to person for a specific thing and um for me I'm sort of the go-to person for like scary theater that's sort of my thing how do you even um figure out you wanted to go into that be like the horror scary the- theatrical part um I've always loved horror movies <laughs> um and while I was in school, um, this girl, Lauren Harris, who's also my best friend and one of my most cl- biggest collaborators, um, but she and I sort of bonded over the fact that we loved horror movies and we worked on um, her final project. I was in hers and it was this version of Electra. And for some reason we were just like, let's just make it really scary. <laughs> uh, and we were like, okay. And so we did that. And then when we came out of school, we sort of started our own, like, theater company called Insomnium Theater Company, and we were just going to do horror theater. That's all we wanted to do is just do scary stuff, because um, it's what sounded the most fun to us. We were like, we want to do, st- we want to, and also, like, we had a big class, and, like, they're, at the end of the thing, you're supposed to, like, form a theater company with your class, and we were like, we want to do something really specific that not everyone's going to be interested in. So we're just going to go do that. And all y'all can just do you. <laughs> and we'll do us. And that's fine. Um, and, and, that, and, and that's sort of how we, I guess, started doing it. We started like devising work and getting more writers to write horror theater. Because it's, it's hard to find horror plays. That was the first that we found was like, not a lot of people write horror plays. Um, and so we had to sort of get New York writers to get into that and ask them specifically to write these scary things for us to produce um, and to direct. And and then I think through Insomnium, people just started asking. They were like, oh, there's blood in this plague. Ask Felicia to come do it. <laughs> and then I just – it just sort of started rolling from there. Um, and I do – I mean, I love I love that stuff. And that, I mean, that's the same with the YouTube. It's just like – I love horror – I love horror theater. I love horror movies because – it's physical. You you physically react to what you're seeing, uh, which you don't get in a lot of things unless you're watching a really sad movie and you cry or something. But but horror makes your blood race and your your heart race, and it makes you just clench up and it makes you jump and it does things physically to your body, um, which I've always found like so fascinating. And I wanted to do that. Like okay, well like 
that's in a horror movie, but what if the monster's, like, in the room with you like in theater? Ooh. Yeah, and so I was like, that's what Laura and I were really interested in exploring and still are and still are working on. Horror movies are fun, right, because um, when you watch them with your friends, like, you all scream and then you laugh, right? Like, yeah. it's fun to be yeah. scared in a way. <laughs> and so we wanted to also, like, create theater that people felt like they could react be reactive to mm. versus like New York audiences a lot of times you'll sit down you're very quiet and then you clap and then you right <laughs> right 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 um, we were like no like you guys can scream you can laugh you can <laughs> cuss you can do whatever like whatever you feel in the moment like let that out uh-huh. <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of that's why the room and um, Rocky Horror yes. is like so successful exactly because people want to be part of it people want to be part of the yeah. action and um, I think that's really exciting and that's and I think that's what why we've really stuck with horror theater. There's nothing better than having someone scream at your show. Mm-hmm. Like that is a triumph. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, and it's so fun. And like, and when people come out of a horror movie, they're never, a lot of times they're not like, eh, they're like, Ooh. like they just had an experience. And like, I want people to come out of my plays being like, I just had an experience. <laughs> uh, I think that's cool to me, but yeah. So I guess that's what sort of led me in the horror direction. I've just sort of, and I do other stuff too. Like my main show right now is called Pop Punk High School, and it's like a very silly nostalgia musical. And it has nothing to do with horror at all. Um, but that's I feel like that's kind of combining the musical exactly experience that you're having. It's sort of all the same. Like it's like everything you do sort of leads into each other. Because mm-hmm. um, like Pop Punk High School, like the writer was actually the drummer in Quam for like a short amount of time, and like all roads lead to whatever you're supposed to be doing. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it's like. I guess I'm just doing it all and hoping wherever I end up is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And they're all such a huge part of you. What do you think that theme is? Or, you know, that string that just, you kind of see just tying everything together. I tried to think about that. I think I just want everyone to have a really great time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that's how I feel in my theater and in my music. And I just want people to, like, dance and scream and laugh and be reactive and interact with each other and with whoever's on stage and and all because everything I do is pretty performative even the YouTube is like performative in a way and I just want like audiences to feel free to react and have fun and I think that's sort of like in all of my work in some way or another. I love that and how you found so many different outlets to make that happen and yeah it's also like what you're good at and you know whether it be horror whether it be like singing yeah you're good at those things so you're putting your best foot forward and trying to make people have that great experience yeah or or have some experience Mm -hmm. just don't be bored like if you're bored I've done a bad job (laughs) uh I just and and I think also nowadays like it's it's so hard to get people to leave their houses oh yeah Uh, you know I mean like I don't even like to leave my house um, but like, so giving people a reason to leave and to have an experience with another group of people is really important to me. And so if they're going to come to your thing and they're going to pay you money, like you better have given him a great reason not to stay home and watch like House of Cards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and I can also see how that ties to why you're doing life coaching now too, because instead of just yeah. focusing on one experience, you're trying to focus on, you know, this is the person's life. This is yeah. like a long-term thing. Yeah. That's definitely true. I think like the life coaching came up because I was like, what's a way for me to make side money that's not soul sucking mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and not it's not focused on myself because like all of my stuff is focused on me. It's focused on me in the band, like theater directing, like I'm 
selling my brand. Like YouTube is literally my face. Like it's all me. And so I wanted something that was not about me. Um, and the life coaching is basically like I'm trying to help other people find the thing that energizes them, the thing that makes them excited to get up in the morning and helping them find the steps to follow that thing aggressively. And so far, like, I, I love it. It's really fun. It's basically what I do for myself, but what I, I'm just like... Yeah, yeah. It's like, them. for you, it's almost, oh, I experienced it and I want other people to experience it. Yeah, that I want other people to have joy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's so... There's, like, such a lack of joy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, and people think, like... Joys for the weekends, right? It's like, no. You're every, every single day should have joy in it mm-hmm. um, and should be fun and exciting. And so that's what I'm trying to do with my life coaching is help people have that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so great. And yeah. do you have any advice for people who are also trying to figure out whether it be, you know, that one thing or that one experience that you're trying to trying to bring for others or whether it be trying to manage multiple passions or even just pursuing one passion. Yeah, I mean, I say this to everyone all the time, but it's just follow the fun. So, like, follow whatever is the most fun and engaging and exciting to you because, like, the universe is trying to direct you that way with your feelings. <laughs> and if you try to go somewhere else, like, it's going to punish you. <laughs> so, like, go towards the thing that's the most fun to you and what feels engaging and exciting. Um, and that tends to open up, like, way more opportunities because you're putting your energy there. And so the universe is like, awesome, let's do it. And then all of a sudden, like things start to happen. So that's what I always say. It's just like, follow, follow what's fun. And if something's really not fun, you don't have to do it. It's, that's the craziest thing you can figure out about like the world is that you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Even if you, even if like you think you, you don't, mm-hmm. like you don't, I could choose to stay here for like six days in this room and maybe someone would drag me out at some point. But like, I think it's just like you have will, free will and choice And so it's like, you might as well use it to do things that you like versus using it to do things that make you Mm -hmm. less happy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. You have a choice and you can make that choice. But it's just a matter of, are you going to make that choice? Yeah. And like, it's scary, but like everything's scary. So it's like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's what I think too. Everything's scary. Might as well do something scary. Yeah, you like moved to New York and like, even that's like, that's scary, right? It's like, yeah. It's all scary. You just got to pick the things that are worth the fear. Yeah. <laughs> this was amazing. Thank yeah. you so much. This was really I fun. I really love this. It was yeah. fun to feel like I really got to talk about myself a lot today. <laughs> That's the um, point. But I really enjoyed it a lot. It was help- yeah. helpful to me as well to sort of re um, kind of look back and, and be like, oh, yeah, like there is a reason I'm doing all this too and plugging away. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. That's all. Yes. Of course. <laughs> of course. You've come so far. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for listening and be sure to follow Felicia on her YouTube channel and her band Quam. 